Thanksgiving is more than just a holiday. It's a time where we pack our bags, take the long drive to our families' homes to share time, memories, and food around the kitchen table. It's the time of year where we truly gather in one another's homes, decorating and enjoying each other's company. It's a time to feel incredibly grateful for the blessings in life. And the Sharp Mortgage family wishes you and your family the warmest and best Thanksgiving. If they can help you in buying a home this month, please know that you're in the best care with their team. Contact Ashley with the Sharp Mortgage team with an email, ashley at sharploans.com, S-H-A-R-P-E loans.com, ashley at sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode with our certified financial planner. She is Jennifer Johnson with Three Magnolias Financial Advisors right here in Winston-Salem, another great local triad-based company. Got a lot to talk about today. We are actually recording this the day after Election Tuesday, Mm -hmm. and we thought it'd be a, a really good time to do so to drop this episode because of because we want to talk about what happens in the financial world with the markets when it comes to post election specifically midterm right. elections now admittedly on the morning of this recording Jennifer we we still don't know what's going to happen um they're, they're still they're still right. counting some votes in places uh the state of Georgia could be heading for a runoff situation with their all mm-hmm. important senate seat mm-hmm. um we don't know who's going to control the senate i think we have an idea th- that the house is going to be controlled by the republicans but this right. you know this this red wave that people were predicting may not happen to the degree that that we thought we're, we're not here mm-hmm. to talk about mm-hmm. what's good in terms of which color each house of congress or each area of congress is going to turn but we want to talk about the effects of post-election based on historical data so uh jennifer what what what's your world typically like um in in the area of a financial planner like yourself who Mm -hmm. monitors the stocks monitors the markets on a daily basis what do you typically uh prepare for when we get into the election day and then the immediate sure. aftermath of yeah. the election. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've had tons of conversations with folks going into the election season because it is it's such a hot issue. And and I, I completely agree with you, Adam. We won't get into personal feelings or philosophies or anything because that's kind of outside the scope of really my role when I help people plan their financial futures. Um, and we both probably end up getting hate mail. Um, either way, right? So, so we want to, I think, stick to today, you know, what's the impact of elections, specifically midterm elections on markets of different types of investments, specifically, I think, the stock market, maybe more so. And I think the types of goals that I tend to help people plan for the most tend to be big, long term goals, you know, retirement planning, college planning for young kids. And so you're investing in a way that you would end up with you know, significant eases most of the time in the stock market. So that's why more or less the elections become relevant in my world is because we do see certain things uh, when it comes to elections and their impact on the stock market. I mean, some people might think it should be um, unrelated or, or one shouldn't affect the other, but there are some trends that I think people find interesting in, in your typical midterm election year. Um, and then we we can also speak to kind of what happened here 
and what we've seen so far. Um, so, so maybe if it makes sense to you, we'll start with what do we usually see yeah. in a midterm election year? Um, because there is kind of a pattern and we we somewhat followed that this year, though, as we've said in earlier podcasts, we've had so much going on this year that's driven the market. You know, you've got high inflation and, and the Federal Reserve raising interest rates and you've got a war in Russia and high oil. So there's been a lot really of driving driving the market. But one thing I think also has driven it is these midterm election years. And so what we usually see is we'll go into the summer um, of a midterm year and the market will sort of lull around, be down as you go into the summer months. And then interestingly enough, we'll start to, we'll see increases as we go into the fall. So a lot of times people will ask, you know, or kind of expect that the market waits, you know, until we get the election results, you know, to kind of react to it, good or bad. Um, But what's interesting to me and something I've learned, and I think we saw it too in this year, is that the market sort of sniffs out what it thinks is going to happen. And so you would see some reaction actually prior to the election day. Does that make sense to you, Adam? Hopefully. It yeah. Does. I mean, uh, so, so they're operating maybe based on projections and, and, and look, I think, I think so I think while maybe the, the results aren't quite what, what people predicted, um, everyone had, it, it was pretty commonly believed that the, the, um, the congressional races were going to go a certain way that mm-hmm. while, you know, while the Democratic Party c- controls the White House, the Republican Party may control Congress. And That's so right. I think so, so. So is that kind of what you're getting at that? Hey, people kind of saw yeah. this coming and maybe the market kind of reacted ahead of time. I think so. I mean, and we've talked about this before, but the stock market is really a a forward looking animal, right? It really is trying to predict the future because, you know, people buy stocks, you know, for the the ability, hopefully, of those companies to grow, provide more earnings, provide more dividend. So the stock market as a rule is always trying to look ahead. And of course, that's not a perfect science. um, But I definitely think we saw that here. I mean, so we went into uh, yesterday's election day. Uh, from data I saw, gave uh, Republicans about a 70% chance of taking control of both the House and the Senate. Um, and, and we should say, too, as far as what the market prefers, um, probably not a big surprise to, to most people that the market, and I mean the stock market when I say market, prefers a Republican-controlled um, political situation in general. And, and the reason for that is that, and again, please don't send us hate mail. This is just sort of a uh, a, a, a general philosophy, right? Not we're, we're just we're, we are get we are talking about what the data shows us, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so I know that could kind of get us in trouble, but but in general, the market you know prefers that Republican philosophy of lower regulation around businesses, uh, lower corporate taxes, things like that. So. So as a general rule, the stock market prefers um, a more Republican-controlled um, political system. Um, at the same time, what I think is, is really interesting um, is that the, the market also tends to prefer what we would call split government. And, and by that, I really mean, and it could be either way, like in this case, you've got a Democratic-controlled White House, 
And it looks like, you know, I think the Senate, as you said really well, Adam, is still, you know, still being sorted out. Uh, so we don't quite know for sure if, if Republicans will control both the House and the Senate. It, it looks that way. Uh, but what I always thought was interesting when I learned this is that market kind of prefers maybe a Democratic White House, Republican Congress. Um, and the reason I think we've come to learn is that uh, without one party clearly in control of both, it means most likely you won't see any big sweeping changes, right? Um, so if if you've got a a both, you know, say if this were flip flops and you have a more Democratic controlled Congress and a Democrat in the White House, you know, the market looks at that and thinks, gosh, you know, they could really push through all kinds of changes, um, changes to our tax system, changes to our regulatory environment without really anything to slow that down. And as we've said before, you know, the market really does not like uncertainty, right? It really doesn't like to look out and be like, oh my goodness, you know, what, what do we have coming at us? And I think with a more um, streamlined government where you've got one party in control, there's more likely you could have all kinds of things happen, right? And it just, just doesn't like that. But this idea of, of a split government um, is, is in many ways attractive to the market because it knows, hey, we're going to have what probably frustrates most people like gridlock, right? Um, where you have, you can't really get a lot done. You know, you don't see a lot of things getting passed. You know, you don't right. see a lot of changes. Um, so I so I always found that interesting to learn. As the season changes here in the triad, so does the feeling of being outdoors. The humidity lessens, the mosquitoes start to disappear. It's just more comfortable. But as those things drop, so do the temperatures. So how do you make sure you can still enjoy being outside? Well, here's a solution. How about a screened-in porch with a fireplace? I feel more relaxed just reading that sentence. Our friends at Icon Custom Builders have been transforming homes in the triad since 2005 and can help clients enjoy their homes year-round, through all seasons. Whatever is on your wish list, large or small, Icon can help. You dream it, and their full-service design-build team can turn it into reality by guiding you through every step of the process. Just visit their website, iconcustombuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today. I think that's a that makes a lot of sense what you're saying about the split government because yes, uh, policies have a much lower chance of of getting passed when you have a split right. White House and Congress in terms of party control. And and to your point, like the market is reacting to things that are just going to affect earnings, right? Mm-hmm. Earnings or right. profit for, for companies. And, and if there aren't going right. to be any any new regulations, significant regulations on the horizon, they don't see anything that can get in the way of companies, you know, reaching their earnings goals or their profit goals right. um, over the next couple of years. And so, yeah, the things that frustrate us maybe as, as citizens um, right. are, are, are in fact better for, for market yeah. predictability. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so you can, you know, as an investor or analyst can, you know, look at that company that maybe they're following or look at that sector 
and say, you know, we can look at the competition, we can look at the general economic environment and maybe not have to worry as much about, is there going to be something, you know, past that would, that would be another roadblock for this company or this industry or this sector that I'm really, really interested in. So I think, I think that's the reason I just, that's something I know I didn't know until I began working in this field. And I just think that's, that's really interesting. But, but I also think it's interesting, like just in conversations with folks that I I think in, in many ways, people are, are sort of, you know, people put off saving for their goals for all sorts of reasons. But I, I do hear on occasion people saying, well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see, you know, what happens with the election. And, you know, there certainly is some impact. I mentioned, you know, there's a common trend that we see in midterm years where things lull around or down in the summer and rise in the fall. But the market doesn't necessarily wait you know, for, to see what that outcome is. I mean, we, and I should probably say, cause I know most people, I confessed in our last podcast that I keep uh, market news on in the, you know, in my office, right. Which, which is exactly what I tell people generally not to do, right. Is don't overconsume, you know, financial news, but, um, but I've got it on right now on silent as we record. So that's just, you know, an <laughs> on-air confession um, in that we've, we've seen the market move higher, um, including yesterday. You know, market was up yesterday. It's down a little bit today. You know, nothing significant again. I, I don't know that it's so much a reaction to, you know, to what happened yesterday or what's happening today as we count votes is more, you know, particularly like an, an earnings uh report that wasn't great, you know, so, so those things I think are more driving the market than maybe, you know, than maybe the election, particularly if you get an outcome like this, where you do have a split government, um, a little more Republican, so a little more positive for the stock market, but almost kind of not big news. I think more than anything, and I've shared this with people too, you know, because people certainly will ask me, what do you think is going to happen, you know, um, in the election. And I think, again, I try to, you know, share that with them too, is that we'll, we'll probably start to see things happen before the election, which I think is what we've seen here, maybe not as much after, um, you know, and I think, I think too, just that interesting idea of, um, you know, of not waiting to see, you know, see what happens after that, because you've, you've almost, you've almost waited, you know, kind of too long um, if you do so and that the market has, has already moved, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens, but to your point, m- much of the market movement may have already happened as they predict, as they look to, yeah. to try to project what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we'll see if, uh, if, if some of the data that we've, that we've, discussed here holds true in terms of how the market reacts to right. what could potentially be a a split government. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other things I wanted to ask you about. One, one trend sure. in in market news that that I've been reading about a little bit is some of the hard times for big tech. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've seen right. face, Facebook or, or Meta. Um, you know, uh, th- their their stock has not done well. They and news yeah. came out today that they had to. They had to lay off, I think it was 11,000 employees, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, uh, those big tech companies are are having a little bit of a dip or a lot of bit of a dip. Right. Um, Right. What's what's your read on on some of the trends with big tech right now? 
Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That they really had a tough year. I think we've we've talked about that before too. Here, where we've started to see see that. I think I think one thing that's really impact in that area. And that's, those are areas of what we would call growth companies. So you're really, um, they're more growthy, more innovation. So you're buying that for a long-term um, growth story. And, and what's what we've experienced so far this year, which we've talked about is, is really high inflation, right? So what's interesting too, I think, is when you have a really inflationary environment where things are costing more today than they might even in the future, um, people really, investors really want more cash today than growth for the future. Um, I know that may sound counterintuitive to people, but that's that's the general idea is that stuff's costing more today. You know, I, want, I want more, maybe a dividend, you know, so t- your typical um, technology company does not pay a dividend. If it pays a dividend, it's really low, right? It, the idea is that they're into innovation. And so any profits are reinvested in that innovation to provide growth for way down the road, right? Um, today's environment, you know, you might want some of that return sooner than, you know, way down the road, right? Um, so so you're maybe you're more old school stodgy type industries, you know, that pay a dividend are doing doing much better today. They're much more in favor than those tech companies uh, have been. And, and that that trend will probably continue. And what's interesting though, is if you look look over the last say five years or so and compare different sectors or industries or styles of investing, uh, those growth stories, those innovations, um, that was where it was at, right? Um, those were the hot things, you know, you really kind of had to be in those to provide some adequate return. And and now we've really seen that kind of flip flop, right? So, um, so some of those really hot things, you know, aren't aren't so hot right now. That that doesn't surprise me so much, though. Um, you know, it's generally our philosophy that you want to be balanced, and I think those types of hot returns, really high returns, and and that specifically that technology sector, um, have really driven a lot of people. You'd like to think with a professional advisor, you, you wouldn't repeat those mistakes. But I think a lot of people investing on their own will end up really concentrated in those hot names, yeah. right? Um, or the hot sector, at least. Yeah. And that may be all they own, right? And so now's where you find out what, you know, what the risk of that is. Timing is everything in life. And I'm certainly hoping that my timing is right to deliver this message to you from the Ginther Group, a triad real estate team with a vast local knowledge. What's the question you often ask yourself when it comes to buying or selling a home? Is this the right time? Buyer's market, seller's market, low interest rates, high interest rates, doesn't matter. The answer can always be yes. You just have to strategize appropriately. And we provided many of those guides in our podcast with Blake Ginther and his team right here on this same feed. But here's a new one offered by the Ginther Group. Let's say you want to sell, but your home condition isn't ideal for a competitive marketplace. They've got a program that can help called Renovate Now, Pay Later. That's right. If your home is a little rough around the edges, you can make the improvements now and pay at closing when you sell. Contact the Ginther Group at 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to learn more and see if it's an option for you. 
You can also talk to them about other helpful resources like their first-time homebuyer seminar or a real estate wealth management consultation. Whatever you need, contact them today. And like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. So, so I'm going to make an assumption here and you, you tell me if, 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 if this is accurate. In, in terms of you know there there will be a bounce back for for big tech mm-hmm. and 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 why inflation may be a big reason that they're experiencing this dip because my read on it is revenues aren't necessarily down but profits mm-hmm. are and so therefore yeah. the and therefore the revenue is is pretty stable but their costs are going up and so therefore their profits right. aren't as high and that's causing the drop in their in their market mm-hmm. price is that is that accurate yeah i think that can be said for lots of things i think that is true now i think in some of the the you know tech world some of those revenues probably are down depending upon what type of service you provide you know if you were doing um you know some sort of in home exercise solution if you're you know delivering if it was a food delivery app something like that where during covid that because of the the environment we were in those just had a kind of an unnatural um, advantage you know and, and that has been removed you do see some of that i think where revenues are down i do think costs are definitely up i think there's i think back to this idea of uncertainty i think there's also a great deal of uncertainty uh, what revenues will be in some of the technology worlds, you know, going forward. And that makes investors nervous. And, and especially if you're, there's uncertainty about revenue and then you're in a very high inflationary period. I think investors are looking at um, higher yields on fixed income. They're looking at higher dividend payouts on your old stodgy company and saying, wow, maybe with some of the uncertainty around our, our economy uncertainty around the election as well. Um, you know, that, that has driven them to some of those things. I, I meant to mention this earlier and I failed to, but, but whenever people ask me about the election, uh, specifically, I would say just removing the uncertainty about the outcome makes the market relieved, maybe more than the actual outcome, right? Because we know what we're dealing with. It's just markets do not like that, that sort of big looming uncertainty. It sort of assumes the worst. Yeah. Yeah. That, that seems to be a common theme in what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, that's right. Okay. That's right. La- last, last thing I wanted to touch on here. Um, I, I know absolutely nothing about this particular topic, but mm-hmm. I know it's a big story. And so therefore I'm going to ask it in, in the most, uh, in the most novice way possible. What in the, <laughs> what in the world is going on with the crypto market? Yeah. Talk about wild. I mean, um, that's been a, a great one crazy story after another this year, right? I think there's been a couple things going on. Primarily, one is that you know you talk about speculation. You've got some of the cryptocurrencies that you know are, are just don't seem to have any any real practical use, right? They're they're uh, some are even I think I think openly known to have just been kind of made up, right? So I mean, so you've got that whole idea of of, uh, of something that you know, what, what underpins any real value for it. Right. Um, and then the other thing that's happened this year is we've had some of the exchanges, right. Where these, where these currencies are bought and sold exchange for other currencies, you know, where you'd exchange your dollars for some form of crypto or one form of crypto for another have had some very um, high profile collapses, 
right? Um, not all of them, certainly, but you know, I think we've we've seen some that were advertising on the Super Bowl that turned out, you know, to just kind of fall apart. So that's been a world, you know, we think about what's happened in the stock market and the fact that it's certainly it's it's down, you know, has been down as much as 25%, depending upon what index, you know, you follow more in some of the technology names like that you might see in the NASDAQ. But if we compare that to what's going on in the crypto world, that looks like nothing, right? Um, because some of those were down much more than that. And, and what was interesting for me to learn, you know, that's not, that's a relatively new investment opportunity, right? When we think about crypto, that hasn't, that hasn't been around, you know, for the last 20 years. So it's not something that generally in our world as a financial advisor that we're dealing with a lot. At the same time, you know, I would talk to people, you know, particularly younger folks that are maybe fresh out of college. You know, I'm talking to them about um, contributing to their company's retirement plan. And I'll learn through those conversations that they have the majority of their wealth in a, an account with crypto. Right. Um, I don't know if you've talked to people in that situation, Adam, but I have certainly encountered that. And I've been surprised. Yeah. See how much is out there and how much people were really doing it. And, you know, I think back to a year ago when you're having those conversations and they're making incredible returns, right? Just incredible returns. Um, and, and you have to know, you know, things don't generally go up at the incredible rate forever. And I think we've seen a real fall from grace with that. And, and, and I think too, just in the way of investing, I think we'll have to, you know, we'll have to see, you know, what survives there in terms of, um, you know, so, some types of the cryptocurrency, I think are more getting adopted as legitimate ways to do business, particularly from what I have learned in, in areas of the world where their domestic currency is extremely unstable. You know, they may use, um, you know, Bitcoin, for example, to move money, mm -hmm. seeing that as an opportunity to be more stable. So I think there's, there are some legitimacy out there, but, uh, you know, certainly we would see cryptocurrency as something way more speculative than even the stock market. And I don't think people really understand that um, in just in discussions, how new that is, how uncertain it is. So I think that's really important for people to know. Um, and, and as unexciting as it is, I think it's important also to go back to that old adage of, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. And my goodness, certainly don't put all your eggs in a crypto basket, right? I mean, it's just, it's just kind of amazing to me to hear the stories of people of what they had and probably what they have today. Um, it just, it just, I think points to that that idea of we've got to be balanced and, and know that anything that that is that speculative that is producing those sometimes triple digit returns in a pretty short period of time uh, is poised also to to fall yeah. in a really significant way yeah there, there's going to be some market correction on that and, and i think speculative is is a good word to use there because you know, a lot of the recommendations that you and others in the industry make are based on historical data. And mm -hmm. to your point, 
that doesn't really exist in the crypto market because right. it's so new. You don't have necessarily right. years of trends to go off of to, no. to be able to say this is what we project is, is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You just don't have it. I mean, I, when people have asked me, I've said, you know, if there's money you would take to Vegas and play with, um, that's probably okay to play with, you know, in that space. I think when it comes to your really important dollars that are for really important financial goals, money mm-hmm. that you certainly, any money you count on to pay your bills today or in the future, that's not the place for the majority of it. So right. you just... At least that's that's been our advice now. I think it's too early to know what we can expect out of that, and it's just just probably not not worth the risk um, right. for any kind of important dollars. Yeah. So we we've we've covered a lot of topics here, and there, there's a lot to digest. And and while we don't, yeah. um, you know, we we don't give a lot of we don't give any really um, specific recommendations on certain stocks or, or what you should do right. in your own situation. Everybody's situation is different. But what we do advocate for is to, to talk to somebody about your own situation. And, and right. we, we love working with Jennifer. And so um, Jennifer, if you could speak to that and then let people know if, if they want to, to contact you for sure. a complimentary com- consultation, how, how they can do so. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree with that more. I think it's very hard to give general advice that would apply in every situation. That's why I think it's great to find somebody you feel comfortable sharing the intimate details of your financial situation. And if if you need someone, if you don't feel like you have that person in your life, certainly reach out to me. We are here located in Winston, um, right off Stratford Road. Um, you You can learn more about me. Uh, at our website, which is Three Magnolias Financial Advisors, all spelled out, Three Magnolias Financial Advisors.com. You're also welcome to call us. We're at 336 701 or shoot me an email directly, Jennifer at three, which is the number three, dash like a hyphen magnolias with an S.com. So Jennifer at three dash magnolias.com. And I'd be glad to hear from any listeners. All right, Jennifer, thank you so much. And uh, we'll let you go ahead and turn the volume back up on your on your market <laughs> television. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, the uh, article that is popping up says calming the crypto chaos, what's yeah. in store for the sector. So there I got to go. listen. So we'll have something to talk about next time. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Securities offered through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. The market indices discussed are unmanaged. Additional risks are associated with international investing such as currency fluctuations, political and economic stability, and differences in accounting standards. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple, provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.